Welcome back to the Oliver Schirach Show. Finally, an episode which goes live again. Sorry, guys, it has been a busy summer. I have been at IoT Week, at the retreat, and in vacation, so my planning for the interviews was low. But I'm back, and this time I've been able to talk to Larry Pond, co-founder and COO of IMAT. We've met at the IoT Week in Aarhus and had some really good talks, so we agreed to make an interview. And there we go, we have it. We talked about him being COO and how he brings innovation creativity to the team, where it comes from, his take on creativity innovation, and as I said already, what is the work in big companies and small startups. His secret, not many people know, what color he would be in a... <laughs> in a crayon box and yeah his biggest accomplishment which for some people might not sound so big but he thinks it's good and it motivates him so to talk a bit more about Imond um, I would like to read about what they say here on their webpage. Imond was formed in 2016 by the team who built the Hive smart home platform. The team's mission is to fix the business model for IoT by getting rid of the cost of cloud infrastructure. Cloud services cost sense to begin with, but become a significant cost at scale. Consumers are often reluctant to pay a subscription for connected services, leaving device vendors and service providers to carry the cloud infrastructure cost for the lifetime of the device or service. There is a better way, and that's why we started iMont. Our distributed architecture means devices run themselves without the need for a central cloud and its ongoing cost. Data stays in the home, making them inherently more secure and responsive. It's a revolution in the way things get connected. Now, meet the team. Okay, I'm not going to talk about the team, but we are talking to Larry Pond, the CEO. And thanks for listening in. So, now we are recording and um, I'm here with Larry Poon, or Pon. Um, he's living in the UK so far, and we met in Aarhus at the IoT Week, uh, Internet of Things Week, and uh, he agreed to come on my show to be interviewed. So, who are you? Let me hear what you're okay. doing and who you are. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, talking with me today, but... Uh, just a little bit of my background. I'm Larry Poon, and I'm one of the founders, and I'm the CEO of a company called iMont. iMont is a software development company to develop software uh, for IoT solutions. I can get into that in a little bit more detail later on, but uh, that's where I am. I am a Canadian, but uh, I reside in uh, the UK, and that's where the business is right now. Okay. Um, what are you known for, actually? Are you known for IMOD? Or when, when I ask your friends, what would they say? Who are you? Well, that's a good question because <laughs> I'm known for who I am. And the <laughs> that I am is I've been in uh, the, the IT industry for most, most, if not all of my career. And I've been in the business for over 30 years. Uh, my background is based uh, on in telecommunications. I, I have worked for telecommunication giants that uh, you guys might be familiar with, like Nortel, as well as uh, Telus and uh, companies like that. But uh, I am having the best time of my life with the startup right now uh, called iMont, as I mentioned to you before. It is a software development company. So hopefully one of these days I will be known for iMont. How's that? <laughs> That's actually a good answer. I like that one. So um, <clears throat> to, to make it a bit fun, because my podcast is on creativity and innovation, and I have the feeling you're open to that. Let's see. My, my wife gave me some funny questions, like uh, if you would be a new addition to a crayon box, what color would you be and why? Wow. I've never <laughs> been asked that question. So you know what? I would say red. Because, red. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you why I would say red. Uh, because red stands out. And uh, 
that's the type of person that I would want to be if I was in a crayon, so that everybody would pick who pick me and uh, use me uh, to make everything a lot better. Wow, I like that one. Wow, I should keep having that question. That was a cool one. <laughs> I just hope you don't get too many people saying they're black because I'm not too sure I would want to meet that person that says they're black. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, yeah, red is a color which is attracting me as well. Uh, orange and yellow lately uh, because of I think they're more related to creativity. So um, one thing I asked so far and had good... Um, feedback was tell me something about you not many people know a secret about yourself not many people know so far i have only four to ten listeners so there's not that many which will hear it, sure. if you're up to it yeah no no most definitely um i mean i have been asked this question before yes uh, okay many times but uh, i think the the interesting thing about me is that uh, that not too many people uh know uh, after I turned the age of 21 is that uh, I have a twin brother. I have an identical twin brother. So oh. <laughs> my business career, most people don't know that, but it's quite funny because I used to live in the same city as uh, my brother and uh, I'd run into people that knew him and who d didn't necessarily know who I was and uh, they would often mistake each me for him. So it's, it's, that's, the, that's, that's my secret. Okay, so so you don't you don't have a, um, a twin movie star or something like that. <laughs> you have a you twin know, brother. I, Is I he wish. doing this? <laughs> you wish some Wolverine type of um, superhero. Yeah. Uh, Is your brother doing the same things as you are, or are you just looking alike? We we look very similar. I mean, we're both in the business sec, uh, business field, but he is a, a lawyer. He's a, oh. an attorney in uh, in Canada. Okay, so that's kind of a bit different, I guess. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. So when we are going back to your um, iMod, and uh, we know your current occupation, but how did you actually get there, where you are today? I mean, you told us you worked in telecommunication and IT for 30 plus years. You come from, the, from Canada. Actually, where are you from Canada? I, I'm from, uh, well, I lived most of my adult life in Vancouver. Uh, so I would consider that that's where I came from in uh, in, in in Canada. But uh, just to answer your question about Imont, it's quite interesting. Uh, one of the uh, one of my co-founders, there's three co-founders in uh, four co-founders, including myself. Uh, they the other three worked together at a company called British Gas. Uh, it's a big utility company here in the UK, and uh, they were the technical team that de uh, developed the uh, smart system solution called Hive. Now, I met one of the fellows uh, that was part of that team uh, many years ago, maybe about uh, 10 years ago, and uh, we worked together. And we worked together at a company called uh, Canonical, which is a sponsor of Ubuntu. And Ubuntu is the, um, I guess that's the uh, open source uh, operating system, right? Yes. And he my fellow one of the my fellow co-founder was on the development side software development side and i was more on the marketing operation side and so we became friends and one day he called me up and said you know what i've got this opportunity to start imont uh, we're going to do a iot software so that people can develop smart homes smart buildings smart cities using our software toolkit uh, would you be interested in joining us as, uh, you know, part of the, the team? And that's how, how I got started. This is about three years ago now. Okay, so three, you're in the team for three years. And you said you were on the marketing side of, and, and, and your friend was on the software development. So you're doing the marketing stuff? Or that's are right. you also software uh, programming development? Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, I leave the programming to the other guys in the uh, in the company. I do most of the uh, marketing, sales, operations, uh, finance, anything. Pretty much, uh, I say anything that the technical guys don't want to do. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I um. Yeah. The things I don't like to do either. Uh, sales and finances. Um, 
So I need to find someone when this podcast is getting 10 million listeners, right? True enough, true enough. <laughs> no, um, that's good. So I, now I have a bit better understanding, more than uh, when we talked on, um, in IoT and Nahus. So uh, how do you connect to the innovation and creativity part of the company when you're from the marketing sales finances? How much that, influence do you have there? Are you yeah. able to spark some ideas or? Yes, most definitely. I mean, I'm always talking to different people. Uh, as we, we mentioned, I was in Aarhus and uh, I met up with a, you know, a lot of pro potential customers as well as potential partners, uh, as well as potential colleagues, right? And uh, so they definitely give me a, an idea of what would be best for them, let's say, what they require. And that definitely gets fed back to the development team in terms of you know, how, what direction we should go with, with regards to our software solution, et cetera. So yeah, most definitely. I mean, we're, we're a startup and a very small company. So we, we have the opportunity to exchange ideas and to, um, and to work together to make sure that we meet the requirements of, the, uh, of our potential customers. Okay, that's that's awesome. Uh, that's uh, of course uh, looking at a bigger now. If I take it from here to um, your bigger company, like the giants you worked in, there's different definitely a difference of uh, a four. You're still four people, or you're more now? In I, I'm well, we're about seven people right now, but uh, yeah. still, yeah. <laughs> still the one to ten uh, employee company size. Uh, and you worked in companies which had thousands of employees, I guess? Or yes, that's very, very true. Uh, so <laughs> so how, how is the difference there when, when you look at the development or ideation or creativity, feedback, communication? Sure. I, I, there's, you know, oh, the, there is a big difference. How is that? Working for IMOX, um, I find that we're able to move a lot faster in terms of what we want to do. Um, there is no, um, no waiting for different approval levels. I mean, we, we discuss what we want to do and we just do it. And uh, whereas working for a bigger company, uh, if you're not at the very top, which only a very select few people are at the very top, uh, if they're CEO of a big giant company, right? Yeah you have to get approval from everybody above you as well as beside you, right? Uh, so it takes a lot longer to, to move forward on any, any type of activity that you want to work on. Uh, plus also the fact that working for a, uh, a, a smaller company such as I'm on, it's very rewarding when you do something because it's really you, right? That you're doing it. Whereas in a bigger company, well, there's like 20 of you doing that or it could be 20 of you doing the same job, right? So there, there definitely is a, is a difference. Okay, so you say you have, more in, you have the feeling of more influence in the outcome of a product or service. In a Most small definitely. Yeah, you, you, you've uh, recapped my answer quite nicely. <laughs> yeah, th this is what we hear. Um, this is all the, also the last years what my uh, school research and studies showed that People or like the, how you call it, the millennials, we want to do work which are meaningful. I'm not a millennial. I'm a bit older than that. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel the same. Like you say, you feel good at IMOT because you can give in. Yeah, it's you which has an influence in, in the outcome. And um, there's not 20, 20 time you um, spread all over. That's sure. cool. Awesome. Um, to, to finish up my intro questions. Uh, when was the last time you tried something new where you had to get out of your comfort zone? I think, uh, you know what, it's interesting you asked that question. And when was the last time? <laughs> it was probably yesterday. How's that? <laughs> the reason why I say that is because when you're working for a, uh, a startup like ours, right, uh, there's a lot of things that pops up that you didn't know or it's something that you you'd have to consider like i mentioned like i'm um i do pretty much uh the finance for the company the you know the marketing etc cetera, etc cetera. so therefore 
for example, yesterday, um, it's, it's interesting because we have a, um, an HSBC account, right? A business account. Uh -huh. So yesterday, all of a sudden, I get this notice on our business account saying that we ha I have to update the information uh, on the account, which is because of security, data protection, all that stuff. They, they ask you those questions, right? So, oh, okay. So I got to figure out how to do this now. So, so that was something a little bit different, right? So just little things. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be like related to IMOT the product. It's IMOT the company that there was something different that I had to tackle. So uh, every day there's something new. Okay. Um, and if you, let's say you take it in a broader view, now, now you look at it as IMOND as a company or all the things, uh, not necessarily the service itself. But besides that, let's say private life or hobby. Did you have to go out to do something new for yourself? Like when we take Larry Porn away from IMOD? Okay. Uh, something new for myself. When was I the last? Push yourself. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, Trying something new myself. Uh, <laughs> what did I do that was new in the... You know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I did new uh, in my own life. Oh, yes, I am. This is new. I, uh, I just bought the book, Life in the United Kingdom, A Guide for <laughs> New Citizens. So I'm going to be doing that to become a UK citizen. How's that? <laughs> okay, you're, uh, so you, you apply for being a um, UK citizen. And you don't want to learn that. Okay. That, how long have you been in the UK living? Oh, I've been in the UK off and on for about 10 years now. Okay. I mean, you're Canadian. You're somehow related to UK. <laughs> yeah. I still need to pass this exam that I'm going to be studying for. I hope you master the language. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I hope so too. <laughs> I, 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 should, I shouldn't, shouldn't fail on that one. And if I do, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, it might be your accent. So um, <laughs> I've lately been speaking to some Irish, English, and uh, Wales people. So <clears throat> Yeah, I think it's, they have that, that not me. <laughs> no, no, but uh, I, I know Canadians. My friends are from Calgary. Um, yes. So I'm used to that type of English. So my accent is more Danish now because I lived for 13 years here. But before oh, yeah. that, uh, I was mistaken for a uh, person from Calgary sometimes. Um, yeah, your accent is unique. Yeah, but I'm also very international. <laughs> it's um, because English is not my native language. So I tend to kind of copycat a bit the dialect, I think. Sure. Like when I'm around Canadians, I think it will go more Canadian. More, um, let's say, I've never been around Texas people, but it might be then more Texas. Australia, I don't know. Um, England, Ireland, I can see that I really start to copy and I feel like um, making fun of people without wanting to. Um, it feels like that because that it's automatically coming because you're surrounded by people talking different. Um, when, you're in, when you live in Denmark, most people speak English as a second language. So the vocabulary, the... Um, the pronunciation and everything is different. Um, yeah. And my wife is Romanian and I'm Swiss. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of these language mixes coming into it. Um, and we had actually a talk about it yesterday at work at SoundHub um, about French speaking English or Chinese. Uh, it's very hard because they have this typical French way of speaking. But I, I can hear that as well from the Germans or the Spanish or the Italian. And because I speak all these languages, I start to mix up. And um, speaking these languages gives me also the advantage of having certain advantages in, in pronunciation because I'm used to, um, how you say, say the uh, voice these different, um, you know, syllables and whatever, not like Danish after. Yeah, the sounds like uh, or I can say and, and stuff like that, which not all people can do. Oh, yeah. But anyway, it's not a language uh, podcast, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's fun. I love, I love to learn new languages, by the way. So um, 
but it's not easy when you're not surrounded by people speaking that language. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Yes, it's fun. It's, it's actually, yeah, just staying on it. Uh, when I speak another language, I, I have the feeling I, it's not just the words. I, I speak it also different. Yes. 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 It's like Spanish or Italian. I use my hands much more. Oh, <laughs> and, that, and that, yeah, you just want to go with the flow, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I speak Italian or, or Romanian or Danish, it's just it's the culture is different and the language is different, and I don't know, but um, it helps sometimes to understand the culture or to work cross functional if you're in a big company or startup like you do. You say you travel a lot, so it can help understanding different languages when you communicate with people. Um, now to continue, uh, for, aside from the languages, <laughs> oh, how many languages do you speak, if, if I don't? You know what, I think I speak, well, three, but okay. two, two of them, um, not so good, how's that? Uh, I guess it's Chinese is one of them, or is it Mandarin or something? Yeah, I speak Cantonese. Okay. I speak French. Okay. And uh, those two very little, but English uh, is is the language that I speak most often. Okay. Uh, I mean, Chinese or Cantonese, I can understand you as your your Chinese, and the French is because you grew up in Canada, or that is correct. So it's a Canadian French? <laughs> well, no, no. Actually, I grew up on the west side of Canada, so I did speak uh, Parisian French, apparently. That's what we were told, we were taught. Okay, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, because can Canadian French can be funny for me as a Swiss, which has a funny accent anyway, being Swiss. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Um, going back to innovation and creativity, how would you describe those fields do you have any description for it uh, or yeah that's a good question I mean to me innovation is something that's new that will um, sort of uh, create something that is unique and that is helpful in the solving a, a problem like uh, I mean if you're innovative then you're very, very creative. So one goes with the other, I think. And uh, it, it's just something new that somebody will look at it and say, wow, this is something interesting and something different. That's what innovation is to me. Okay, so you say creativity comes hand in hand with innovation for you? I think so. Okay, and how would you... <clears throat> what I would write, like to know doing this podcast is, of course, how can one as a company or as a private person be creative uh do you think there's any mindset or any skills needed to be creative is there anything you can do to spark yeah. i think creativity is is i don't it's very hard to say it's learned um i think it's within your your makeup so if a person's creative it just that's the way they are they they tend to like to you know think of something new they tend to want to uh, think out of the box they they tend to want to do things differently I, I don't think you can teach somebody to do that i think it's kind of you're born or or, or it grows with you it becomes you uh it, it, i think it's very hard to to teach somebody to be creative and say, you know what, you got to be creative about this. And it, those people that aren't creative will struggle and those people that are creative will thrive. <laughs> okay, yeah, it, it's um, a typical answer I hear from people which are not really working creative fields say, I'm not creative. Yes. Um, and many people which are creative don't necessarily label themselves as creative because it's just, the way they are. Yeah. Uh, I have to feel. But keep in mind, creativity is kind of one of these words that is, um, you, can, you can't pinpoint an exact definition on because let's say if you're a, a, a programmer or a coder, right? 
And they may say, oh, I'm not really that creative, but they create, but they develop fantastic code, right? They are being creative in a way. They're cool. They are being very creative and and they but they might not think they're creative because that's their that's their thought thought process. Yeah. Okay. So why do you think they don't think they're creative? What do you think is in their mind when you say, "Oh, you're creative"? What do you think they they see when they hear the word creative, and why they don't think they're creative? I don't think they think they're creative because they think that that's that's what they're they're supposed to do number one right and also the fact that they might think well this is kind of like regular for me it's not out of the box it's that's the way i am this is how i do things typically so they don't think it's unique enough or think it's creative enough probably that's why i think it's just just the way you feel about whether you're creative or not is how you describe uh, yourself in a way because sometimes if I do something I say oh I think I'm very creative on somebody said no that's just pretty much routine right <laughs> it's just the way you view things I suppose as well right yeah I mean for me what I have the feeling when 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 you say that is especially software developers we have also friends which work in IT or money or you know this more hard works where it's uh, numbers and figures and you have the feeling yeah that's just you know skills learned and you put things together and that's it but creativity as you said before very nicely it's to create something and um, so if you create something in whatever field it is you're creative but i think people mistake artistry for creativity so if you play music you're creative if you draw a painting or a paint a painting you're creative if you make a movie you're creative but there's also a lot of these photographers i know or painter or or videographer whatever it is they're not really creative they're just copying what is already there so they're very good handcraft man but the people which are not working there they just look them oh you're such a creative person you just made a movie but when you look at in the movie industry they just say yeah but he just copied something which has been done a thousand times before there's no creativity in it he didn't do something like you said before innovation something new um on the other hand if if you have done a movie which has been done a thousand times before but it's something completely new for you i still think you're creative in some way like you say it's hard to to give a black and white definition right Um, but the the most the biggest problem is really i think this it software developers or whatever it is they mistake painting or music or photography as creative and their work not um but they still create so they're still creative in their way you have to notice the 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 work you do otherwise you cannot be creative or innovative actually Um, yeah yeah true enough I mean, I cannot come and uh, be creative uh, or innovative in your field because I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I can give you some feedback of what I wish, but um, I don't know. (laughs) No, I know what you're saying. It's it's not me. Um, Let's see. Uh, We said we have uh, a little bit of a time restraint, so... Um, when, when now you said when you go out you network with people and you get feedback and you feed it back to the company you have a direct loop and you feel satisfied being part of it because you can have an imprint on, on the outcome of the product um, what are the when, when you think of in terms of, of creativity innovation what kind of major barriers do you see when when you gather this information are there some things you have to be careful when you talk to people so you're not block out potential good ideas innovative ideas for your product is there something you have to be a yeah some barriers you have to be careful yeah you know what you know what the the biggest thing that i do find in terms of uh, barriers is this for us anyways um Oftentimes, like I mentioned, I network and I talk to various people. 
business development type people and, uh, you know, salespeople, marketing people or, you know, C-level people, right? And uh, they're very uh, forward in terms of, uh, you know, what they want, what they want us to work with them on and so on and so forth. And generally, it's, it's really, really a good discussion, right? I think that the barrier that I do find, and it's kind of an interesting one, is when the technical guys are kind of um, not questioning, but the technical guys, they seem very precious. So therefore, a potential customer's technical guy and our technical guy, they're both precious in terms of what they've developed. So therefore, um, the match that they see may not necessarily be uh, as strong as the match that I see or like more marketing business development type people see, right? So therefore, I think that's sometimes a barrier and you have to get around the preciousness of a technical guy because they, they're very precious on what they develop, right? So you have to kind of work that out. That's what I find is the barrier. Okay, yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, I, I can see that the, when we create something, we are very proud of what we did. And yeah. it's very hard sometimes to be open for the honest feedback uh, yeah. and to make yeah. changes for the, the greater good. Yeah, that's a, that's a skill which is difficult to acquire. Yeah, yeah. Because what I do find is that although, um, like our potential customer, let's say, their technical guy really likes our technical solution, right? <laughs> well, they still, there's a, t a bit of, um, you know, almost like, oh, why didn't I think of doing that? Or, you know, I can, I can replicate really easily or something. Those types of feelings are always there that we need to, uh, to remove, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, why didn't I? Yes. Um, I do the same. <laughs> I mean, in the private life, wherever it is, I'm like, ah, oh, I should have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. We get that worse if you're on the sales side or the business one. It's like, oh, I welcome the change. I welcome somebody to bring it to, to me. Right? <laughs> okay, so that's okay. So you're really welcoming to those things and you're guiding around the technical people. Good. So you're the facilitator in that perspective correct good we need those people <laughs> thank you I'm, I'm glad i'm worth something <laughs> oh i think you're worth in many more things than that so uh, um so but that's also basically the next question was the roadblock so that's also the barrier to watch for to make sure they are not right. too holding back because of yeah fear um what role do you think innovation and creativity are playing in the future? Because we have seen since 2007, 9, 10 with IDO and other companies that innovation is kind of the word in the business that you have to be creative, you have to be innovative. Uh, sure. But how do you think it will roll out in the future? Do you have any idea or? Sure. I, I think innovation will always be important uh, anytime now or in the future. Uh, the reason why I say that is because we live in a very changing world, right? So therefore, for change to happen, you have to have innovation to make change happen. We're not gonna stay present in, uh, in like 10 years time, having nothing new in 10 years time because that's not the way the world works, right? If you, if, if you do remain the way you are, then you're not gonna be ahead of anybody else. Uh, in terms of if you're a business, right? So you have to be very innovative. But I do think, just to answer your question, no, innovation is definitely uh, something that will be in the future for sure. How will innovation look like? Now you, you just mentioned if you remain the way you are, you're not going to be ahead of competition. Do you think we are still keeping on competing against each other or will we go another way for the greater good, like human yeah. beings? <laughs> It, 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 is, it is quite an interesting, uh, interesting question about what would be competing against each other. I think the answer is yes. I so think... We, we will keep on competing. Yeah, I think we will be still... Competition will definitely still be in force because I think there's going to be um, uh, companies coming in and out and uh, yeah. also the fact that government is going to regulate 
monopolies, so therefore they won't allow uh, certain companies to dominate everything. Uh, so, but there, for startups, it's still I'm almost you know I'm I'm hoping that for startups there is a play for them in the future as well because uh, startups do generate good ideas and they they're able to do it much faster as I mentioned before right and they're able mm -hmm. to do it uh, much more uh, in a lean way uh, than uh, than big companies so I, I do think that uh, government for example uh, will will encourage startup as well as big business. I mean, you see big businesses encourage startup all the time as well. Uh, so most definitely, I think innovation will, will take place in the future and it will be uh, in the, uh, be a very competitive, competitive market still. Yeah, and, and, the, and the innovation, the way, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like the innovation and creativity comes mainly from startups, you think? Um, or you think the big players will catch up and be more lean or agile in that perspective? Yeah. I, I think so. I think so. I think startups have the, the, the luxury of being able to uh, think, think and react faster than a big company. Although the big company has a lot more money behind it, it just <laughs> takes longer to do. So I, I, yes. I do think so. Okay. So yeah, that's a, that's a fair answer. Um, uh, okay, now I should select. Uh, uh, yeah, we had that before. So, what project would you consider your most significant career accomplishment to date? <laughs> that is a very that's a very interesting question. The reason why I'm laughing at this. Yesterday. <laughs> no, that's a question that I get asked for job interviews, right? And uh, perhaps that's where it comes from. I don't know. I gathered yeah. in, in interesting questions. <laughs> but you know what? This is a true story. And you know what? All of us as uh, employees or all of us as working people will, you know, have accomplishment. And they might say, you know what? I've invented this. You know, I've, uh, you know, I've, uh, I had I made sales targets of you know five million uh, million pounds annually consistently for the last ten years, or they might say something you know what I invented this gadget, you know I was prime on launching this product or something like that, right? Yeah. But my answer to that question is this, and I'm not too sure how many people can say this, and this is why I think this is one of my big accomplishments. You might laugh at this, but uh, here it goes. So. Many moons ago, uh, I was in a uh, I was in a marketing role, right? And I was responsible for getting our basically a small company, right, uh, to exhibit at a trade show in the U.S. And this was the days when semiconductor industry was huge, right? So everything was sold out months before the the show even happened, right? So yeah. in a startup, we didn't have money, right? And I had to wait for last minute, like maybe about three weeks before the show started, right? I, I called the, uh, the, uh, the lady that was organizing the show. I said, do you have any more? Oh, she said, no, we sold out way long ago, right? And uh, she, said, um, she said, oh, but I could put you on the waiting list. Like, you know, there's 100 people on the waiting list, but I can put you on the waiting list. Fine. So I said, okay, well, there's absolutely no chance of us going, right? But what we decided to do, you know what? We were going to go and attend the show anyway. So let's, so I packed up my trade show, uh, you know, exhibit stand, my banners, the whole bit. Right? I just brought it along with it just in case, right? So we go there, right? So I knocked on the door of this lady that I was communicating with, right, to get to the stand. Right? She said, oh, hi, Larry. Nice to meet you, da, 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 da. I said, oh, absolutely no. We still got a waiting list of about 50, whatever. So sorry, can't do nothing. And I said, oh, too bad, right? I said, well, you know what? How's about this? How's about just letting me coming in and walking, seeing, seeing the thing with you ahead of time, right? So she did. She was really nice, right? And I found a spot that was, uh, you know, had a pole in it, right? A pole right in the middle of the spot. But there's no, no exhibit stands being set up there, right? 
I said, well, how's about this spot for me? And she said, well, you know what? It's got a pole. That's why we didn't sell, sell it. And, uh, <laughs> but she said, let me check with fire regulations. And she did. And that was my stand for the show. And uh, so that was my biggest accomplishment, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Getting us in an oversold trade show <laughs> that had a waiting list of, of, of uh, 50 people, and, but we got it. So. Yeah, but that's a good accomplishment. And um, that's also one of the bigger challenges you had, huh? To oh, most definitely, but you know what, that, to me, uh, you know, although I've launched numerous products, I mean, I mean, you know, had lots of great sales, developed this and developed that, right? Uh, I launched pretty much the internet for a company one, one year, right? But I don't think that's the big, biggest accomplishment is that. So to me, that, that was my big accomplishment. How, how comes, what, what was it that um, drove you to continue? Uh, because it's a nice story. You know what, what drove me to continue was the fact that, you know what, it's important for us to be at that show, right? And I always find that exhibiting is much better than attending. So, you know what, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to, to keep on trying. That's, the, that's my thought was, you know what, I'm going to go there and uh, just move forward with it. If I don't get the spot, you know what, at least I'll be attending the show. And it really didn't cost me anything to really carry my my uh, my banners and stuff like that. I mean, fine, I have to ship them through through luggage, but uh, other than that, I was going to be there anyway. So, <laughs> okay, so you had no um, fears or anything which was holding back. It was just natural for you. Yeah, I I mean, it was. I already had a chat with this lady. I know who she was, and uh, you know, she was kind enough to let me. Uh, get myself into that show floor and uh, take a look and uh, so yeah it, there was really no fear actually it was just a matter of like uh, what do, which, how can I get us into this how can I get us into that that's the thought process that I was going through in my mind right yeah you were in the flow kind yeah of. I was in the flow I was driven I was driven the whole time <laughs> you were driven yeah I mean sometimes it sounds like wow he just kept on going many yeah, people have just said Stopped, yeah. right? Like, oh, it's sold out, 50 people, no, forget it. Um, okay, I'll just enjoy it. I bet you nobody else has, has probably had a less, a less, a, a less um, sort of, uh, uh, a less status accomplishment than that one, probably. But to me, that was my accomplishment. I'm quite sure there's a lot of accomplishments that you've asked other people that were way more status <laughs> we'll, we'll find out time will show um but i like these special uh, stories because this is special for you um it's not like oh i made 20 million for the company yeah. or something like that uh which might have been very easy compared to what you do who knows but uh, when we say you you didn't have to you were not driven by fear or anything so if if you look at a courageous thing did, do you have anything which you really had to step out and it was very courageous for you to do? You know what? I think it's quite, quite an interesting question because, you know, just getting into a startup, right? Uh, for anybody, not just for myself, but for anybody, you have to be a little bit uh, uh, courageous or a little bit nuts, right? A little bit crazy, right? The reason <laughs> why is you're faced with something that you don't know anything about, right? And you're faced with the fact that, uh, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of unknowns in front of you. So you've got to be kind of fearless uh, to, to approach a startup. I mean, prior to me uh, doing this, uh, you never really understand what really it is about a startup. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff about it, but there's a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, different things that uh, uh, you have to think fast on your feet to, to, to make it work, right? So um, that, I think, is, uh, is something that I, one of the fears that uh, I faced when doing uh, becoming a startup. But anyways, just, I mean, everything. I mean, life itself. Is, uh, is is based on um, uh, facing up to fears. I mean, 
moving to the UK from Canada, I mean, that definitely is, was a challenge uh, in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm leaving a very nice city, Vancouver, and moving to London, which is a nice city, but in a different way, right? Uh, so all sorts of things. I mean, in your situation too, right? When I mean, you're Swiss and you now live in uh, Denmark, right? Those are yeah. types of things that I think, uh, I, I, uh, I respect people that do that because it, 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 is, it is scary sometimes, right? Yeah, but basically that's where we are at the moment because um, for a long time I didn't find work here as it's a smaller city. And I'm just doing an internship now. And I said, I do the podcast because I want to learn. I want to see, I want to talk to people and I want to help um, others to, yeah, get the courage with startup because I've been interviewing mostly startups now and give an insight, right? So um, what it means. And for me, the fear, there, this is a certain fear to move away because we have the house. It's a really beautiful house for for us, it's a beautiful house. It has what we need. But there's not much work around. So we also are faced for three, four years of thinking of moving. And I think fear is holding us back to some degree. Um, yeah. It's more the financial fear for me, to be honest. Um, I've talked openly with people about that. You know, Selling the house way under price and um, you know, how do you manage living at another place and still having the mortgage for a house you don't own. Um, yeah. And yeah. going perhaps to another country, right? Could be that ending up in UK as well or who knows where. Um, but that's the fear I have at the moment a bit. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's uh, risk, um, risk management to go over the fears, I guess. When you, when you start to see, okay, this risk I can handle with that and this risk they can handle with that and suddenly the fear is reduced i guess yeah that's true i mean you just got to face them head on that's the way i look at it <laughs> yeah tell me that when i'm standing in front of a jumpy a bungee jump uh, <laughs> that's that, that i'm not too sure i will do either Ah, <laughs> uh, i've been jumping from a cliff uh, river rafting this uh, summer which i think i wouldn't have done it before not that I haven't jumped from similar heights, but into the river, not knowing what's underneath. And also going a zip line down from the height I've been without shaking, without weird feelings. So, well, you're um, much more daredevil than me. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm afraid of heights, but somehow, yeah. I guess it comes also with a general growth as a person that the fear doesn't affect you so much anymore, or certain fears. Yeah. But um, that's okay. So I like your answer. And I was thinking while you answered, how many startups did you work in, actually? I have the feeling there's more than just uh, sure. Emot. Yeah, this is my second one. A second one. Yeah. And, and the other one was the one where you came, you worked in, you were also a founder on that other startup where you went no. for the trade show or? No, I was the employee. I was an employee of that one. Okay. Once you're. Uh, a co-founder and once you were an employee. Yeah, correct. Okay. How is the difference being an employee in a startup and being a co-founder? Uh, there is a difference because when you're an employee, right? Uh, I mean, you don't feel as much pressure. I think when you're as, as a co-founder, you feel a little bit more pressure okay. because you have to support, you have to support yourself as opposed to support the, the rest of the, the other guys. Uh, that are fellow co-founders as well as all the employees that you have to, uh, and uh, shareholders, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Super. Um, yes. To um, the ba -ba 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 -ba. We talked about people uh, before, uh, like software developers and so on, not thinking they're creative. Do you think, I know you said it's hard to teach and learn, but do you think there's a, a way to motivate people that believe they're not creative so they can actually do some creative and innovative work? Do you think there's some tools or methods or a business culture or something? Sure. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, there are various tools that, that people can use to encourage 
people to um, uh, to be more, I guess, I, for a better word, more creative or be more efficient or be more, um, you know, uh, be, be more active or be more, more um, social or be more whatever, right? Uh, I think, I, I truly believe this, I, I, that if you give people positive feedback, they will react positively. If you give somebody negative feedback, they will respond negatively. So most definitely there are things that you can do to encourage people. Like let's say if somebody developed a, a, a piece of code, right? That was fantastic. I mean, if you reward them, whether it be a verbal compliment or there be like a, a monetary reward, mm -hmm. most definitely that will work. If you if a person develops a, a bad piece of code and you say to them that is a bad piece of code and you reprimand them for it, well, they're not gonna they're not gonna try harder the next time. They're just gonna be like mad at you. So I think there's different ways of approaching things and encouraging people. So most definitely there are there are things that you can make talk to people. Or, or do to uh, to make them more creative, to make them more responsive to what you what uh, you, you think is good. Okay, so when, when now you brought up the example, someone did a great code, you give him some rewards. Someone made a bad code, you would justice him for it. Um, how would you? I mean, uh, there's a tip from Tim Ferriss which is now in my head for some time. Uh, which I forgot and I saw it on uh, Facebook again from an old interview with him, that he was given the advice from someone which has gotten the advice from someone else, you know, going down the road, that um, for creatives or whatever it is, especially for, for writers, you call the writer's block. And the writer's block mainly is because you put too high uh, ambition something you cannot really achieve or only on the limits of your skills uh, to avoid that give yourself a low goal and uh, he said for example if you knew in writing or you know no you're not a 10 times top number one seller you put yourself the goal of writing two crappy pages of of text and many days you would just have two pages which are crap and you cannot use them but you still have achieved them. So for me, how I looked at as general advice for the world is like, if you say now you have a bad code, so be it. You, you made the goal. So you should be getting a positive feedback. Hey, see, you, you made a code. It doesn't work the way you want it or it doesn't do the, the solving, but you did it. You should be proud of it or something like that. I don't know how, how right. to handle it. How would you do that? I mean, if someone really writes two, three times bad codes, they know it, they did a bad work. And you come with this fake positive feedback, which I got in one job, which was worse actually than being criticized. Sure. Because I knew I did something bad and I was like, oh, you do great and you will get all the, it felt wrong. It was an American company, but. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm not saying give them fake feedback. Or no, 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 it's not what I mean. You should, but that's what I got, and I felt bad. Uh, so how how would you give feedback to someone which is struggling? He wants to do something good, but he knows it simply doesn't work. How do you motivate someone to to actually continue and? and you know and what? Yeah, I mean, it, it happens all the time, right? I mean, obviously, expectations is is probably the key there, right? So therefore, yeah. let's. If I'm a developer, right, and I develop something and it's bad, right, I might not think it's bad, but other pe other people around me think it's bad, right? Which is fair, fair, right? Yeah. Because you know I don't have all the answers, right? So, <laughs> so therefore, if if somebody gave me feedback, say, oh, that's good. Well, then I think it's good. But if somebody gives me honest feedback and saying it's bad, I'm not saying don't give them honest feedback, but this honest feedback in a way that is less derogatory than saying it's it's crap, right? So therefore, if it's about three times it happens, let's say, I think your example is three times it happens, what I would like to encourage is something something like this, which may or may not work. But I mean, I've, I've tried this myself, is to say, okay, 
you know what, um, yeah, what, what you're developing is sort of not fitting in with what we had in mind or something like that, right? Not that, not that it's bad, but it's just not fitting in with what we had in mind, right? And then just say, you know what, maybe did, would you, would it, be, would it help if, uh, if, we, if, you, um, if you did it this way? Or would it help if we got you some training on this? Or would it help if you, know, if you work on this other project for us that is a better fit for you? Just like think of all, all the options that you can work with this guy. But could said that if this if if I if that person is doing completely something that's totally wrong every time and it's a bad employee, then you may have to consider uh, letting that person go or re re uh, putting him in, in a different in, in a different role, right? So though it just depends, right? But if that guy tries really really hard, then you probably don't want to get rid of him. You want to see if you can help him out. To, to encourage him to do better coding or moving him to another part. But he's, if he's just really lazy, not doing a job really bad at it, then you might consider letting him go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, so you answered both um, of my questions in my head. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Um, so what I get out of it is like you say, be honest, but re um, answer with, with respect. Uh, to the person. Correct. If, I mean, he's not a human. We're all humans in a way. Nobody likes negative comments. I mean, tell me one person that likes a negative comment. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I definitely don't. But uh, I can see. So, yeah, you, you, you're creative in finding actual solutions there. I like that. You're, you really come up with a lot of ways of uh, motivating someone, which is in a hole. And um, I like that. So I hope uh, the listeners can get out something of that. I do um, too. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know how old these people are, which listen and uh, how much experience. And uh, this is stuff I learned doing my work, right? And when you're 20, 24 and you come out of school or whatever, you, you forget these things or you have never learned them. Yeah, so yeah, let's, uh, let's give it a wrap up. So um, now we have been talking about the, about the innovation, creativity, your work, startups. Is there anything you want the, the listeners to try out? Yes. Uh, well, the th thing about, um, I was told this, and uh, I think it's good advice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share. I think as a startup, you have to be very patient, right? And uh, that's the key because most people that go into a startup are, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people are very impatient. They want to make their, their, their money right away. They want to do something right away. That's why they want to do a startup, right? They, they want to do everything quickly and to make, make uh, money quickly, right? Well, I think I was told this and uh, you just got to be very patient, right? And, uh, I think that's the key because you got to wait it out because you can't, you don't expect to get your first customer day one when you have the startup. I mean, you could most definitely, but you're not going to make a ton of money on the first, first, uh, first day or two. Right. So it's just a bit of patience. That's, I think that's the key. I, I want people to understand that. Okay. Super. Yeah. That's an advice. Um, okay. And, um, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Yep. I mean, they can always reach out to me. I'm always willing to talk to people, you know, whether it's to do with IMONT or just to have a chat, uh, anything like that. They can find me at Larry, L-A-R-R-Y, at IMONT, I-M-O-N-T, dot I-O. So that's Larry at IMONT, dot I-O. And <laughs> that IMONT, I-O. <laughs> Super. I yeah. Okay, then... Uh... That's for today, and uh, let's see if we get another uh, round two another time. And um, thank you very much for having been here and that I have met you in Aarhus. So yep. we'll keep in touch. Most definitely. Thank you very much for, 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 for interviewing me and uh, hope to see you again in person soon one of these days. <laughs> yeah, you're in London. I mean, I have to come to London again once. <laughs> Make sure you, you come and say hi.
Okie dokie. So we'll say goodbye to everyone. See you guys. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you.